And we're back. It's Russ and Gavin with you for the next podcast episode of Let's Open the Bible. Listener, we welcome you and thank you for joining us on this episode. We have been walking through Acts chapter 15, uh, the events leading up to a Jerusalem, what's called a Jerusalem Council. The events leading up to that would have uh, been uh, Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. The council itself uh, comes together from verses 6 through 21, which we have done a 30,000-foot view, a flyover of those passages in the last two episodes. Uh, and if you've missed those episodes, I do want to encourage you maybe to consider going back just for context uh, so that you can hear uh, the conversation that we're uh, jumping into here, because today uh, is really where I wanted to get to, and that is the decree. And uh, Paul... Um, later in uh, his letter to the Corinthians, would say something that is very um, interesting in light of the decree. And so, uh, as we often do, and, and uh, my apologies if we missed prayer in the last episode, but uh, we're going to open in prayer, and then, uh, or I'm going to open in prayer, and then Gavin's going to lead us in reading verse 22 through verse 29 of Acts chapter 15. Are you with me over there, Tonto? I am. Okay. Here we go. Let's pray. Uh, Father, again, we just uh, count it all joy uh, to be able to open your word, uh, to be able to have these conversations, to be able to think uh, through what what it is that you're communicating to us. Uh, and Father, we, we do need your leading and guiding. Uh, we, we need the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit at work in us as, we, as it interacts, as he interacts with uh, the reading of your word, the hearing of your word. Faith comes by hearing your word. And so, Father, we do pray for uh, that, that spiritual wisdom and revelation that you would open the eyes of our heart, Lord, to be able to better understand uh, your word, to guide us in truth, uh, Lord, that we would think clearly and communicate clearly uh, the rich gospel truths that you are communicating to us. We love you, Father, and we praise you, and we desperately need you today, and we ask that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Acts chapter 15, verse 22 then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instruction, it seems good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. It's, it's really a pretty brief letter. Mm-hmm. Very. Uh, it's and, an, is, that, is, that a, is that a barb at me? It wasn't, but it certainly could be. Uh, and so in verse 24. Very concise. Yeah. Uh, in verse 24, he talks about uh, uh, 
you know, some of the persons that have gone out. And, what he, and he's, he's talking about how um, the Pharisees really wanted to lay this yoke, the yoke of the law, of, of the requirement of circumcision. Well, the Judaizers, right. Yeah, the yeah. Judaizers, yeah, the God Squad, as we refer to, right. uh, tongue-in-cheek. Uh, you know, laying upon them the burden of circumcision. Again, these are Gentiles. They didn't, they didn't grow up uh, with the uh, understanding uh, of, the, um, of the law, the righteous requirements of the law. Uh, and then Peter stands up and he rightly says, look, you know, why would we re- make this requirement of them when we haven't followed it? And, uh, and so here we are now, this is the outflow of those conversations as the elders and the apostles heard the different accounts from, from Paul and from Barnabas and from Peter and from James, the, the different accounts, uh, the eyewitness testimonies of, of what God had been doing in the, in the lives of these Gentiles. And it was clear to them uh, that they were just as saved. They were saved in exactly the same way that they themselves were. So uh, I'm going to be facetious just for a second. Hopefully I don't confuse people. Yeah, facetious just for a second is my street name. That is true. Um, so so uh, r- really quickly, the, uh, I'll be facetious. We are in such a bad place today. Do you understand that people in the church will lie about what the pastor said and will lie about uh, – you know, their authority and will come down and, and into, you know, go to people in the church and say, you know, the pastor agrees with me. And say, do you understand most people when they say nowadays we're falling apart, this has been going on forever. It's incredible to me. So the facetious has end. this is the truth. Uh, it is incredible to me that you have to send some people going, yep, what Paul and Barnabas are saying is true. They're not coming back with their own story, you know, just to say what they always wanted. They're not getting what they want. And they're going to come back and lie to you. We're going to send some people with them, people that have, you know, they have the, they have the bona fides, the, the bona fides of people that have uh, almost died for the faith. Like these are legit brothers. They're going to come and they're going to share to you that what we said is, is legitimate. Paul and Barnabas are not lying to you. And by the way, those people that came down, the Judaizers that came down, we didn't send them. Like they're yeah, not I us. like how they distance themselves. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that, that, this is so much contemporary church stuff. Well, and, but you know, back in their culture too, the requirement was witnesses. to have at least two witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. But this is, and God knows that's why he made that requirement. Uh, but this is so today church. Right. Like I didn't send those people. I don't know why they said that I said that. I never said that. I've had those conversations. Wait, they said I said that? No, I don't even agree with that. It's, yeah, yeah. I've had people repeat things back to me I didn't say. Yeah, yeah. Like immediately after a sermon. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm like, okay, mm. rock on. You said I was right once, didn't you? No, I didn't think That's so. That's a rumor. I was trying to. Uh, all right. So, um, where do you want to go? You're 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 the man with the plan. Well, do we just want to jump into what I really want to get to? Okay, sure. All right. So the decree that they send. Uh, says uh 29 is that what you're talking about that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols yes and from blood and from what has been strangled thank you from sexual immorality verse 29 yeah 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 and and so listener this is i was reading it i was reading this account um i guess it was yesterday and uh we're recording this before thanksgiving so i was reading this account i text gavin almost immediately as soon as i got done with the my reading um my, my time with the Lord, because this, it really it hit me. I'd never noticed this before, but that they clearly in the Jerusalem council and Paul was there. He was part of this. They clearly state to abstain 
from what has been uh, sacrificed to idols. You see that in verse 29. I see that in verse 29. And yet Paul would later tell the Corinthians, eh, it doesn't really matter. Just don't trip up the weaker brother. That's a poor paraphrase. Yeah, that's a very poor paraphrase. First Corinthians 8. Um, and then, and then I, I think you have to include Revelation 2, uh, 14 in there. But I have a few things against you. These are the words of Jesus. So I have a few things against you. You have some uh, there who hold the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak. And I, Balaam is, that's how I grew up learning it. But I guess it's Balaam, right? Isn't that how they now pronounce it? Balaam, who taught Balak. It to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual immorality. In verse 20, it says a similar thing. Like, this is a problem. You're eating these this food offered to idols, right? So so then you go, okay, well, Jesus seems to correct, you know, gives, of course, Jesus gives the correct interpretation, you would think. So now you've got a problem. Here, here here's, here's how I view it. One, they're both right, but then you got some work to do. They're both wrong, which means Jesus... Uh, the letter yeah, from that, the Jerusalem Council, Jesus, the letter from the Jerusalem Council, and Paul are all wrong. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. Or Paul's wrong. Right? Or I guess you could do, or, well, they're, they all could, all could be wrong, but, or Paul's right and Peter's wrong. The Jerusalem Council's wrong. That's a big problem, too, for me. So I, I, I land at a place where they're all right, but, but now you got problems. So I think we have to read Paul and his understanding of this and then talk briefly about how we, how we hold all of these together. I will say there is great debate on the Jerusalem Council. Some people believe that what they're saying is in order to be saved, you need faith alone. That's it. That's it. That's all. So sola fides, faith alone. But when you are saved, you will then abstain from any uh, any food that had been a part of any sacrificial uh idol sacrifice process that you would avoid any food like that. So to be saved, it's faith, but then you need to do these things in order to continue on in the faith. There are laws that now will be, you know, so, so there are a lot of, um, uh, messianic Jews or Zionistic people that will say, we kind of revert back to the old Testament in some of our practices. So to save it's Christ and faith, but the old Testament then comes to bear on your lives. I don't, I don't believe that. I do not believe that, but that's how some people read this text. Other people read this text when it comes to the blood. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in blood transfusions because of verses like this, this, this verse particularly about you know the blood. So you have a whole bunch of under, understandings and interpretations. So I think what we do, for me, to keep it simple, because I do not agree with those that I've just given you, I think to keep it simple, we go to 1 Corinthians 8, read it, and then we work through it, and then we land if that's possible. Right. I, I think they're all right if that... I think yeah, that, let's let's figure out how we can hold these things okay. uh, together. So now, concerning food offered to idols, this is First Corinthians, First Corinthians, eight, verse eight, one, verse one. Now, concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So he's going to say, like, we know some things that we're not going to practice. We know some things that that we, no, no, we're not going to impose. So we know about Christian liberty, but we don't impose that on someone that's not ready to hear that. Mm. Because you have to keep in mind, both the Jerusalem Council and Paul, they're speaking in kind of this intertestamental crossover period. They have to. Paul says, uh, the, 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 one of the most abused verses that we use it to mean pizza parties and um, that, that we'll, we'll be basketball players to basketball players and we'll be motorcyclists to motorcyclists and we'll have pizza parties for kids. I will be all things to all people. What Paul's saying is like, I'll be under the law or not under the law. He's acknowledging there's a trouble. There, there's some problems with people that serve the one true and living God in the Old Testament, understanding there's an establishment of the new covenant. And if I have to, uh, to, to kind of go back and pull some of those people through, 
that they would be saved, I'll be under the law for a little bit. I will practice some of the things that they've been taught all their lives to practice. But I know that I'm free in Christ so that I'll exercise my Christian liberty if it'll help somebody grow in their knowledge and love of God. So Paul's not talking about pizza parties and sports. He's talking about this transitional period in in that text. So let's get into this text. And he's saying, you know, uh, this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not uh, yet know what he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no existence and there is no God but one. What does that mean? There's only one God. So the idol is not a God. It's nothing. It's a piece of wood or a piece of metal or stone or a piece of, yeah, a rock. It has no thoughts, has no feelings. It has no, uh, it has no, it's not, or, uh, it's existence is real, but not as God. There you go. Well, not as it's not a living, breathing thing. And even, I guess if you would say, what about a cow? A cow is a living, breathing thing. It's still, you're right. Not a God. And it's, it's a cow. It's not a deity. It's not. And there is only one, I like how you brought that out. So there is no God but one, and an idol has no real existence. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven and or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, so that's what we name things, but they're not the one true, they're not... It's in name only. Yeah. Well, and they're, yeah, they're not a deity. Yeah. So even if you say Lord, because people were called Lord in the Old Testament, people were called Lord rightly. It's the same argument we're making today with gender. With who? With gender. You can say you're a woman, but that oh, doesn't oh, make oh. you less of a man. I thought you said These, jitter. Gender. So so just calling a rock a god does not make it a god. Right. Yes. Same argument. Yeah, amen. In, in, in kind of a twisted way. Yes, perfect. Good. There's that economy of words that I love and respect. Um, yeah, yet for us there's one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom uh, we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ through whom... Are all things and through whom we exist. Uh, However, not all possess this knowledge, but some through former association with idols eat foods as really offered to idols and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling. Let's just stop for a second. What does that mean? What does that mean? All that stuff. That we 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 know these things, but he's getting ready to get into the the issue of of uh, consciousness. Okay, but but he's also acknowledging that some people, because of their former association with those things, either really believe that 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 we're offered to demonic right. evil things, like living. Uh, they horrible, were truly offered to gods. They, they were truly offered to gods, or because of their association, they just, that was my old life and I want nothing to do with it. And you don't, as a Christian go, well, you're free to do it. Yeah. 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 You don't. Because that is a thing. Yes. That is a real thing. Yeah. So that's part of my old life. I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to be tempted. I don't want to think about it. I want to be able, as a Christian, you are not, you are never to ask somebody to go against their conscience. We had the same conversation with regard to alcohol. Yes. Yes. It's the same problem. Yes. If you were formerly an alcoholic and you have repented for that, you've turned God by God's grace, you're you're able to withstand that, you really do not need to take communion that serves alcohol. Right. Yes. It's it should be against your conscience. And no Christian should come beside you and say, Oh, stop. It'll it. be okay. Oh, stop it. It'll be okay. So if somebody is struggling with this, 
Paul will never eat meat again. If that if that will help his brother out, he'll give it all up. Yep. And I think that's where we find the Jerusalem Council. There are people that are struggling with what is essential and non-essential, and the Jerusalem Council and wisdom says, listen, some of you have knowledge that you're free to eat this stuff, but we're, we're not there right now to walk you through this, so let's abstain from these things. Now, the, the problem there is sexual immorality. That's not a cultural thing. That's a universal. So it's not just like, hey, you really can eat the meat offered to idols or you know, you can use things that have been offered to idols because they're not even really idols at all. And the same applies to sexual immorality. No, sexually, sexual immorality is a universal. I really want you to, to walk us through how we can hold these things together. But can I real, really just quickly, what, go ahead. Just if I forget, that has to do, though, that sexual immorality has to do with the, the pagan practice of temple prostitution. Okay. okay. So, so, so again, he's addressing some pagan practices in Antioch and Assyria. He's he's he, he's um, addressing some of those from pagan practices of that community, and among them were temple prostitution. So abstain from that and and these other things. Go but ahead. with regard to eating meat to idols, here here's kind of where I'm leaning on this. I think who they're writing to is significant yes. here. Yes. He is writing to new believers. Gentile. Gentile believers. Uh, and it's the same The same concern is expressed elsewhere in the Bible. You know this chapter and verse probably. I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but where it speaks of a new believer should not be, uh, we shouldn't ask them to teach. Uh, because you know it would puff them up, and they'd be proud. It it, it, it yeah. speaks to their maturity. First so Timothy three, and and then also added to that James three one. Yeah, First yeah. Timothy three is that the concern is the spiritual maturity of these recently uh, converted Gentiles and their ability to distinguish the reality, which is there is no other God. And these Gentiles have grown up pagans. They're worshiping false gods in Ephesus, in particular. They're wor- you know you've got the, the the Temple of Diana, uh, or they're worshiping Diana. You got the Temple of Artemis, which is a, a, apparently one of the wonders of the world at that time. And they it goes back to the consciousness of their heritage, of their lifestyle, and I think that is significant to the decree that we see in Acts fifteen that we looked at their admonition uh, about not eating that type of food because of their weakness spiritually. Right. Yeah. That's so, how I hold that together. Yeah, you would uh, perfect. Absolutely. So so this is not a letter that necessarily would be written to a Jewish community because this is, wouldn't be their sin. This wouldn't be something that they would have to abstain from. I mean, yes, they would abstain from these things if if they were leading them away from God, but that you know this is particular to a community that's that's um detangling itself from pagan practices. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love that. All right. You don't have anything else to add? Is that it? Did I just did I just Sum hold that perfectly? together on my own? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Stop the presses. I, you know what? I should just go home because it's not going to get any better than that. No, that's a good day. <laughs> I'm so thankful. <laughs> you know, with Seinfeld, the Seinfeld episode, uh, who was it? The... Uh, uh, Oh, the balding guy, whenever he told a joke and everyone laughs, he said, I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Uh, So, listener, I hope this has been helpful. I would be curious to know your thoughts on uh, what's going on in Acts 15 with the decree versus Acts uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 here. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians 8. 
Uh, I would be curious if you have any opinions or thoughts. You can leave comments. My understanding is is that uh, this podcast you're listening to, if you're listening, you can uh, make comments on the uh, on the app, uh, or you can go onto our Facebook page. Let's open the Bible on Facebook and uh, make comments on there about what your opinions are, how you hold this together, how you view this. Is this uh, you? You may be of the opinion that this is one of those uh, problems in Scripture that that many people point to, where there's contradictions or whatever that maybe your view. I would be curious your view. No judgment here. Help us uh, know what you're thinking, and we can walk through that together. Come, let us reason together if that be the case. Uh, Listener, thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Until then, God bless.